guys, it's Rami. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Score North Live. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North mobile app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you only have time to listen to one segment from today's show, here it is right now. Oh, I've seen him so involved in our pass game, too, and you start to realize, boy, your running back not only has to be a guy who can run run between the tackles and make the special play running the football, but uh, he has to be a big part of your pass game. He has to be comfortable in the pass game because defenses are going to make you throw it to him. How- There's Kirk Cousins. This is Score North Live on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app, and live from the TCL broadcast studios, Rami Makloff, Danny Cunningham, Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass, Matthew Collar, will join me in hour number two. Judd, as I was uh, perusing the various websites that I peruse to get ready for this show and the show that we host in the afternoon, Mackie and Judd with Rami, weekdays 4 to 6 here on Score North. Of course. I came across two, three articles asking the question of if the Vikings should pay Dalvin Cook this offseason yep. as he enters the last year of his uh, his rookie contract. And this is the stage where, in recent years, we've seen a lot of running backs hold out. In recent memory, at Le'Veon Bell, the guy you'll see this Sunday, and Zeke Elliott, Melvin Gordon this year. A lot of running backs get to this point, and they say, hey, man, I've been productive, I've outplayed this rookie contract, and I am not showing up until I get some kind of more lucrative extension than what I'm due to make. Dalvin Cook do $1.3 million next year in the 2020 season. I would say he's worth a lot more than That's that. That's not going to cut it. That's crazy. Yep. But if I'm the Vikings, given his history in, in the first two years, yep. let's say he even stays healthy and plays 16 games this year and continues to do what he's been doing thus far. Mm-hmm. Are you confident enough that this guy, A, can stay healthy and B will be productive over the life of that contract to to pay him right now, given what we've seen happen to running backs in their late twenties into their early thirties. This plays into our conversation from before to me, and we brought this up on Ventline as well, Rami, absolutely perfectly, because I have two answers. If over the next three games this team does not achieve what it should achieve, which is go win three games, go win them, and the window is open for a Super Bowl opportunity, either an and right now, I don't think it is, but maybe my perception changes for 2019. Maybe it really changes for 2020. Then Dalvin Cook becomes absolutely imperative to your success. He's a key player. He's very good. But we all know about the pitfalls of paying running backs. If you decide in the next three games, you know what? This window is closed. I can't pay him. And here's why. He plays a disposable position, even though he's an outstanding player at it. But if you think about if you are going to hit Let's not say you're going to blow it up, but let's say you are going to hit a solid reset button, which means Kirk Cousins uh, probably comes back in 2020, but that will be it for Kirk, right? Your defense, as we've talked about a thousand times, is aging rapidly right now. Guess what? They're not getting younger. Then how on earth, in good conscience, do you sit down and write a multi-year, million-dollar salary cap, and that's the most important term here, salary cap eating contract to a running back? If I decide that I'm resetting things, I can't pay him. I can't do it. Sorry. He plays a position at which I, if I'm going to reset things. And if you're resetting, think, what better trade chip do you have and just quickly, than Dalvin Cook? Think about the positions. Think about the, if you are going to, so if I'm going to give you clean slate, right? And say, okay, it really didn't work. And perhaps Spielman's gone, Zimmer's gone. And, you've, and you're the new guy. And you've got a clean slate. Are you really going to say, you know what I'm really, really pleased about? 
we're paying a running back, who, by the way, has been injured in the past, a lot of money for a long time, potentially. Of course you're not. You're going to say, why? Right. And this this kind of goes back to my cat take that I've brought up probably more times than I should here on this show. Oh, the trade cat? Which is, if I'm Garrison Rosas and I get here and I open up the books and I and I explore every option to get us back to, or get to relevance, I can't even say back to relevance in the case of the Timberwolves, but to get to relevance... And the only path there is before between now and the time that Carl Anthony Towns contract is up or he just asks to get out of Minnesota right. is to trade Cat then I then I don't like doing it that's the best player on my team it's going to it's going to make fans mad but I'm I'm looking at the best and fastest way to get us where we're trying to go that would be trading Cat in that particular scenario in that particular scenario, before you dial us up or tweet me, at Rami is tweeting. And I think looking at Dalvin Cook's contract situation this offseason, I can say very much the same thing. If they're hitting the reset button, like you're saying, Judd, what's the, and, and you're, now you're just in let's compile, let's acquire and compile assets mode, whether those assets are younger football players or draft picks or whatever the case might be. Yep. Who's going to get you more assets and get you from point A to point B faster? than trading Dalvin Cook for whatever you can get for him. Is there a more valuable guy out there? On this team, I don't think so. I, don't, I think that he's their most valuable asset, but that's also going to, his value is going to be diminished a little bit by the fact that whoever trades for him is going to need to sign him to an extension, or they could wait. They could wait and want to sign him in, in free agency the way that and the again, Jets did. He plays a position that is rather disposable. Yeah. And he's not a, he's not a special left tackle. No, he's not. Like that's the dif- that's the difference in football. There are his posi- positions a dime a dozen. Exactly. He he is a and that's not to say that he's not a special player. He is. Unfortunately for him, he plays a position that can be re- replaced. But if I am trying to put together a winning team here, I can't look at my books and say, "Oh, you know what? I got Dalvin Cook eating up a ton of my salary cap room." I can't do that. I don't need that. And which is more likely? You have to you have to ask yourself which is more likely: signing Dalvin Cook to a long term deal and him continuing that production, or you being able to go and find another Dalvin Cook in the second or third round of the draft for cheaper. And now I'm not saying they have another Dalvin Cook. So again, don't misconstrue what I'm saying or twist my words. But but can Alex, you find Alex your... Madison looks really damn well, good. Well, that's there you go. Really damn good. There you go. I don't think he can do all the things that Dalvin Cook can do out of the backfield. I don't think he's as good a receiver. I don't know that he's as as good a blocker. But as far as getting that rock and running with it, Alexander Mm -hmm. Madison, I don't know about you guys, for a rookie in the NFL who came in as a lower draft pick with not a lot of expectations has impressed the hell out of me so far. I don't know that he'll ever be a feature back. I think that the role he has right now is a role that's really good for him. Do you have to have a feature back? I, I don't know, but I don't know that he can be your number one running back. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I, I think that he's probably best served. But that role can be split, too. Sure, but no, I think that the, the role he's in right now is the ideal role. If you get rid of Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, doesn't he doesn't become your bell cow. You need another good running back. Probably, Yeah, you're probably right. He could be part of a two-headed monster. Sure. And probably the number two in that two-headed exactly, monster. Exactly, yes. Like, uh, oh, man, I'm drawing a blank now. He went from the Saints to the Ravens. Uh, Mark, Ingram. Mark, Mark Ingram. Ingram, like an Alvin, he could be the Mark Ingram and an Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, two-headed monster. Sure. And you can find that guy in the second or third round of that of the draft that follows you letting Dalvin Cook go. New coach, new GM. Okay, reconstruction, right? And let's say you get a tandem that can find a draft a QB, which is outstanding because that's four years now, five 
of controlled contract for a position that's incredibly important. So if we're going to sit down right now, guys, if it's us, and we're going to divvy up, let's forget the names for a second, but the positions and who we're going to pay and what and what the emphasis is going to be and what's going to eat up salary cap room. And we're fortunate enough to think that we've drafted a good quarterback. All right, we've got left tackle, right? Yeah. The offensive line has to be remade, basically. Mm-hmm. The, the center might be okay, but that's it. Um, left tackle, incredibly expensive, but we've certainly learned... Incredibly important, as is the entire line. Defensive backfield, right? Good cornerbacks get paid. Guess what you don't have good cornerbacks. right now? Good cornerbacks. So but they are getting paid. So I can't so so the point about Cook is <laughs> that's a problem. If 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 we if we were to sit down though and map out the construction of our salary cap, at what point do we hit running back? Pretty far down the list. Pretty down, far exactly. Down the list. And yep. that's, that's so maybe ahead of punter, kicker, long snapper. Oh, the kicker's pretty important too. We've learned that. But anyway, yes, it's down. It's down <laughs> do the you list. Think that, do you think that might be changing? Because I, I I don't know that the analytics changes, but the profile of NFL running backs is is back on the rise. There was a while there where there weren't a lot of high profile running backs around the NFL. Now you have Zeke. You have Dalvin Cook. You have uh, Christian McCaffrey. You go around the league, and there's seven or eight. Here's like, a problem. They blow up too quickly. Their careers are too short. Yeah, I've said before. Because yes, I'm with I'm with what you're saying as far and and if you could tell if you could right now tell me, Dalvin Cook, I foresee eight years. I think to myself, oh, I'm probably in on that. Yeah, but he's been hurt for two. He's not through a year yet. But uh, fortunately, nine games in, he's stayed healthy so far. Right. But do we really think it's going to go on for? And and by the way, he's going to get the ball a ton. So he's got what left. As far as being really good, right? Three years. I've said before, if I was if I was wrong? an NFL running back, one year, one year of of production, and I'm holding out for a new contract. Like if I'm Saquon Barkley, but I think I'm letting you. That that's, that's no, because the thing. that's what I'm saying is you're still at the height of your powers. You're still at the peak of your 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 value to I'm that threatening team to replace you. Then I don't think Sa- Saquon Barkley had all the all the leverage. Like, go ahead, trade me. What do you, I'm just, I'm a premier NFL running back after my rookie year. You're going to trade me? How's that going for him? I mean, that's a bad football team, and he got hurt. But still, that's a guy who still has plenty of value. I don't so know. So anyway, my long story short, if Dalvin, if this team uh, is not ascending and if it's sort of just still stuck or going backwards and Dalvin Cook comes to me in June and says I'm going to hold out in training camp and I'm the Vikings I might very well say okay we'll talk to you later let me uh we were talking in the first segment about what grade you would give Mike Zimmer and uh, Rob was listening he dialed 651-646-8255 which you can do and now Rob is on score north live what you got Rob I would say I would give Zimmer a D minus because his handprints are all over everything on this team. We've built our team defensively around him. He, if we go to the playoffs this year, what every other year we go to the playoffs? Yeah, that's real great. You need a quarterback. You need a guy that can coach a quarterback. Jalen Hurts would be a good guy to draft and might be available. I know a lot will change between now and then. And I just can't, you know, maybe Zimmer doesn't deserve to be fired, but when you've been here six years, you can kind of get a feel of whether you think you can win a championship the way that he wants to win one, and I don't think he can. And my last point is, 
He's supposed to be a cornerback whisperer. I think everyone saw Trey Waynes did not have great ball skills coming out of college. He wouldn't turn his head. He can't locate the ball in the air. All Zimmer thinks about his defense and emphasizes that I'm sure his safe word is cornerback. I'll hang up and listen. Appreciate the call. Safe word is cornerback. What do you think Mike Zimmer is into? He's a I don't, safe word. I don't care. That was a that was a great last line. But he's right about the fact that oh my gosh. even even if you're a good head coach, even if you're a good NFL head coach, you only get so much time before yeah. you take your yeah. team to the promised land. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm not saying Mike Zimmer is a bad head coach, but here we it's what year six of the Mike Zimmer era is that where we're at? Well, I mean, 2014 for and sure. And he, yeah. he doesn't is... have a Super Bowl, and you went and paid top dollar for a quarterback. You spent a ton of money on mm-hmm. the defensive side of the football. We assume largely at his request. Like at some point, you got to get there, or despite how good a coach you might be, how well you might know the game of football and can and can scheme defenses, and even get a locker room of 53 plus men to follow you into battle. Like at some point. You just have to make a change, and, and we might be at that point at the end of this season. And here's the thing, too. Caller made a good point about cornerbacks. That's Zimmer's specialty, right? That's his bread and butter. Well, Trey Wayne's first-round pick. Mike Hughes, we still, you know, there's still, the jury's still out on him, but first-round pick. Xavier Rhodes wasn't, wasn't drafted by Mike Zimmer, but still first-round pick. And now here we are. We're having question marks about how good these guys actually are underneath a head coach that his specialty is with that position. And these are guys that were drafted in the first round. Yeah. I mean, if you're not getting production out of your specialty position, then really, what, what, what are we doing keeping you around here? A, the defense has dropped off. You're a defensive-minded head coach. And B, one of your calling cards is molding cornerbacks, and you have two bad cornerbacks right now out there on your starting defense. So what exactly are you doing here? Like It's like that scene in The Office. What would you say you do here, Mike Zimmer? That's office space, not, uh, not the I office. Say? You oh, said the my office. bad, the office, office and, space. And it's interesting to me to see how much time these coaches do get to, to make it happen. Because if you look at specifically in the NBA, off the top of your head, name the last NBA coach that has won a title recently that didn't win a title within the last three years of their tenure. Or the first three years of their tenure, excuse me. Yeah, I don't know that I necessarily have one. It was Doc Rivers in 08. It was the his fourth year with the Celtics, and that's a long time to, to go without success. NBA, though, they seem to cycle through coaches they, they a little do, quicker. They do, but it, it's, it still so translates like a little bit. Yeah, Where, like, if you think about when... Nick Nurse last year, first year. Steve Kerr, the Warriors, won it his first year. Teron Lue, Cleveland, was in interim when he won it. Greg Popovich won it, I believe, in his second full season on the job. Correct. Yep. Rick Carlisle won it his third year. Eric Spolstra, third, third year. year. That's how it works. And then you go all the way back to 08 when Doc Rivers won it. That was his fourth year. Phil Jackson won it in his first year with the Lakers. Yep. Well, and plus, if, if you look at Mike, he came in... And took over a bad team in 14, got him to a playoff in what? In 15, where Walsh went wide left. Missed from 27 yards. 16, they completely, they're 5 and 0. They, they, uh, uh, Teddy gets hurt. Bradford takes over a quarterback. They completely melt down at five wins. Yeah. Missed the playoffs. 
17 come back and win 13 games. And I think it's at that point that you consider, oh, okay, it's on now. It's in great shape, right? 13 wins. Yes, you got blown out in the NFC title game, but nonetheless, you made it that far, had a special season. Add the quarterback who you think is going to put you over the top. And then in 18, you don't make the playoffs. And now this. So, yeah, and all of this added together, along with with the fact that what is considered to be Mike's strength right now seems to be slowly but surely uh, crumbling in front of him, becomes a problem. But back to the cook point, that's what makes his situation so intriguing to me, is these next few games are going, in my mind, to help decide. Do you go to him with a rich contract extension and say, hey, we are in great shape here and you are key? Or do you say we're really not, and and we'll explore trading you, but we just can't. We can't for what we're going to do now. Turn around and give a running back a, a huge contract, and I think that there's a very compelling case to be made that what we see in these next three games could very well dictate that. Because there's nothing if you lose to on Sunday and then you come back and beat Denver and then lose to Seattle. There's nothing that you're going to look forward to even if you're a playoff team and make a wild card run or make it as a wild card team this year there's nothing in 2020 where you're going to say okay yeah but this is going to work you're going to be a fringe team again and i don't know if you're a fringe team if i if i'm going to sign a contract because my guess is if delvin cook plays all 16 games guys he's going to come and say i'm going to hold out if if you're not going to pay me and by the way i want a zeke type type of payday right yeah you got to think that's what he's going to be looking for. And that's for. where the Vikings are going to have to say, no, we, we just can't do that. Sorry, and yeah. may even be holding out for. Like, I wouldn't be surprised oh, at all if Dalvin Cook is holding out next training camp, if they don't figure this out in the offseason. I think it would be irresponsible from his side not to. I'm just saying I probably wouldn't pay 